Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. If I wasn't a corporate American, if I wasn't a cop, I wouldn't have not been prepared for entrepreneurship. Straight up, dude. I did not have the skills, the level of thinking if I didn't spend seven years as a law enforcement officer in Oakland. Really built me up to be a leader, really humbled me, but then also it forced me to lead by example. So everything that I would ask from like my teammates, from my coworkers, I would set the tone. I would set the expectations. And that's what really, really, really helps me with building my culture across my companies now and what I do. Um, what led me to start with like ATMs, automated teller machines, merchant services, and now digital consulting. Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Report. Today, we are back in the studio here in downtown San Diego, and I got someone who was a cop up in Oakland, California for seven years, and now he's got multiple businesses rock and rolling. I got my man, Paul Alex. Paul, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? How's everything? Dude, everything is good, man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come out here to San Diego. Dude, uh, looking fresh too, man. Thanks, brother. I Address. appreciate that, man. Yeah. Dude, I uh, recently just came back from South Africa and uh, got hit by an ad, Callers & Co. Really? Really nice polo that looks like a dress shirt. So, yeah, yeah. You got that that whole fit in South Africa, you said? No, no, no. So I, I ended up getting an ad off of the shirt. But as far as the, the actual suit jacket, suit supply, man. Suit just supply, okay. Yeah, that's clean, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, always clean. So, dude, I, I, I want to know, like, what is it like being a cop for seven years, man? Yeah, it was a big transition, man. I, I was I joined the police department in 2014. And at that time, I guess you could say there was quite a few more people <laughs> that wanted to be the police. Sure. Um, when I started in the physical agility test just to like start to be a cop or to even go and be accepted in the academy, there was about 1,600 applicants at the time for uh, 60 spots in the mm. academy. And I remember the main reason why there were so many people is because I remember driving past I-80 in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I would always see this sign, hey, be it Oakland police officer. Mm, so that's their make, funnel. That's their lead funnel. That, that, that's their lead funnel, man. Yeah. Make $100,000. And I was just like, damn, at that time, 2014, dude, I'm just like, that's quite a bit of money, mm -hmm. you know, to be a cop. And uh, that's essentially what, you know, grabbed my interest. But then at the time, I was in a seven-year relationship. And uh, my ex-girlfriend's cousin was a sergeant for San Francisco PD. Okay. And he told me, he's like, hey, man, you, you have a you're pretty uh, charismatic guy. And at that time, I was uh, working in sales. I was in corporate America for six years, age 21, 26. And uh, I wasn't fulfilled anymore, man. Like, I was making money. I was living in Emeryville. Had bought my first condo in 2008, around that time. And uh, I thought I had it all. But essentially, fulfillment just went down the hole. And I was looking for something new. So when he told me, he's just like, dude, join, join the police department. And I went everywhere, but then Oakland's what really caught my eye. Mm. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be a cop, I'm going to be a cop in one of the most dangerous cities in California. Mm. Why not? Right? So that's why I went, started my venture, became a cop. And then um, within, I would say like about a year and a half, got voluntold to go into investigations. Uh, when I went into investigations, gang unit. Three years in a narcotics task force. Basically, I like to tell people it's like real life uh, 21 Jump Street uh, undercover unit. Uh, we were taking down major, major narcotic traffickers, cartel. Even we would come down to SoCal, dude. To really? Do, yeah, it was insane. Wow. And then uh, the last two years, SVU, Special Victims Unit, just mm. like the show. <laughs> Is there a high washout rate to become a cop? Yes. Like not everyone makes it, right? No, brother. It actually took me three turns to be a cop. And the number one thing that I would tell anyone who is actually trying to be a first responder now in 2024 to separate yourself from the competition would be the city that you're actually trying to apply for. Go ahead and do some community service. That's what actually separated me from the competition. You know, I was going against 15, 1600 applicants, man, for a spot in 60 spots. That's like 
1%. So when you think about it, it's just like, there had to be something unique about me that they liked. And it was the fact that I did a ton of community service, took two weeks of paid vacation for my corporate America job and went ahead and just went to the food banks, uh, was, you know, feeding the, 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 the starving children, uh, the homeless people, all that. And then the director of the actual, um, shelters, Mm -hmm. they wrote a letter Mm -hmm. to the police department. They were like, Hey, this guy's a great candidate to be a cop. Mm. And that's what got me in, dude. Mm. Yeah. Did you, did you ask them to write the letter or how did they know to write the letter? Well, I told them, I was like, Hey, I'm actually trying to be a cop. Yeah. You know, anything you guys could do to help. Close mouths don't get fed, man. 100%. You don't get what you don't ask. No, you you have to. And you can't be scared. Life's too short, you know? So even when I was a cop, I still had, you, you could say the entrepreneurship spirit because I was very creative uh, when it came to uh, figuring out solutions, right? I'm very solution-driven. And I think everybody should be solution-driven, right? I mean, entrepreneurship, you have to think on your toes. You have to. You have to. Problem solving every day, man. Oh yeah, every single day, man. (laughs) I mean, everybody wants to be on entrepreneurship, especially online nowadays. And they don't understand, dude. Like, you know, like what they see online is not what you see behind the scenes, but that's just the way it goes, man. But no, I mean, I feel like we have to go through those I guess you could say experiences, because if I didn't, if I wasn't a corporate American, if I wasn't a cop, I wouldn't have not been prepared for entrepreneurship. Straight up, dude. I did not have the skills, the level of thinking if I didn't spend seven years as a law enforcement officer in Oakland. Really built me up to be a leader, really humbled me, but then also it forced me to lead by example. So everything that I would ask from like my teammates, from my coworkers, I would set the tone. I would set the expectations. And that's what really, really, really helps me with building my culture across my companies now and what I do. Um, what led me to start with like ATMs, automated teller machines, merchant services, and now digital consulting. Yeah. So, so give us, you just gave us a little overview of what you're doing today. Um, I'm curious though, like, cause you know, for me, I have a similar background. I was a air traffic controller for the FAA for 11 years, federal job. Um, had the TSP, the thrift savings plan. Um, and I cashed out my 401k to get my start in real estate investing. Um, and so, you know, people, they can resonate with my story, right? I was a, a middle-class man and blue collar and doing my thing. And, and now I'm a real estate investor and full-time entrepreneur. So, you know, obviously there was a transition, right? And there was a point where I was about eight years into my 11 year career and I started to get bored. And I was like, dude, there's gotta be more out of life than just this. Cause what makes me happy? I didn't realize this back then, but today I know what makes me happy is continual growth and progress. The second I'm no longer growing, the second I'm no longer progressing, um, the second that I'm, I feel like I'm dying, right? And so I got to a point where I was like, I needed more. I said, what's next? And so for you, what, what was that point in your seven-year career as a cop to where you realized, I need more out of life than just this? So it was actually a critical incident that happened the last two years when I was in law enforcement. I was on top of the world, man. I, um, I was, a, that, that exact year, it had to be, I'm going to say, around 2018, okay? I just, I just won Detective of the Year. Mm-hmm. And it was out of 13 agencies in this task force. And then I was going to transition to Special Victims Unit because I wanted to actually promote to be a sergeant. You only needed five years of experience uh, being a police officer in the city of Oakland to go ahead and promote. Majority of my, uh, you could say my coworkers were like, dude, you're too young. And you don't know what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. And with me, it was just always like, well, that's a limiting belief for you guys. But for me, I know the capabilities of what I'm able to do. And when I went to that unit that exact year, a couple things happened that completely changed my life. It actually got me into deep depression, bro. And uh, one of them, my biological dad died. Um, my I'm sorry mom, to hear that, my man. Yeah, thanks, brother. I appreciate that, man. My mom, she ended up getting a mini stroke because she's... You could say she's a uh, very stressful, mm-hmm. <laughs> very stressful a Latina mom, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and well. and uh, my stepdad, dialysis, bro. He just did not take care of himself. Mm. So then all those three uh, things happen. Most important people in my life, man. I'm a big family guy. I have two sisters. So we have a very small family. And I'm essentially the only man in the family to like carry on what we, what we have in our family. And when that happened, man, I was working 80 to 100 hour work weeks. So I'm sure because of your background, you could resonate with this and probably the people that are listening and watching this, they could resonate with this. I was working so much to keep up with the Joneses, bro. 
you know, I was living in the best neighborhood in the Bay Area, in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, in Warner Creek, a million dollar home. Um, I, I just bought my dream car, my Porsche Panamera. I was living what I like to say the American dream. Yeah. Which Porsche was it? It was a Porsche Panamera. It was just basic. Yeah, like, the sedan, uh, the four-door. Yeah, the, four the, the four-door sedan. Yep. But man, it was it was badass, dude. Like, I, I loved it. I, I remember I had a canvas of it for years when it came out, and I had finally got it. And I remember when I got it, everybody at the police department was like, dude, how'd you afford that car? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but little did they know, like, I've always had the entrepreneurship spirit, man. Yeah. Like, I've always been a go-getter. That's just yeah. what it is. That's just how my mind works, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so when that happened, uh, Dude, uh, to be honest, there was days where I would wake up from bed and I wouldn't want to get up. I wouldn't want to get up to go to work. And that never happened to me in my life. Like I even tried to explain it to my mom, you know, and this is just, she just went through this like critical incident in her life and she's like, suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it wasn't until I, I actually got help from uh, the psychiatrist, um, an actual therapist at the department really helped me out, walk me through it. And uh, I was able to cope with it. But then essentially there was one night I was working overtime, like mm -hmm. always. And uh, I had jumped back on Facebook, okay? And when I jumped back on Facebook, I got targeted by a book funnel. Okay. What I know now as a book funnel. And uh, it was for a free book called Digital Millionaire, okay? And this book essentially shows you like uh, the foundations of building a digital marketing business or whatnot. And um, during the transition, everything is is going on, man. I had already started my ATM business, got a little bit of success on that. So I was just like, okay, well, I can essentially show people how to do this or I can show people how to be a cop. Either mm -hmm. or, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose wh whichever. So then read the book. In the book, I resonated with so much because it went from a the author, Dan Henry. He was a struggling bar owner and essentially he self-taught himself how to do Facebook ads. Well, he went and transitioned to doing webinars online and made $45,000 in one hour. And I was just like, there's no way. How is that possible? Right. And you really think about it, especially if you, when you come from blue collar work, the old American dream, what I yeah. would say, working hard, putting in the hours. And that's all, you know, like this Trading is, in time for dollars. Exactly, brother. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way I was like, this has to be a scam. So then I ended up uh, have, jumping on a call with one of his consultants. And I remember the consultant was just like, well, Paul, what? Uh, figure, money figure would change your life. I was like, to be honest, I'm doing pretty decent right now with my side hustle with ATMs. I work a certain amount of hours. So I'm pulling in as a cop at this time around $250,000. Um, but I'm, it's blood money, dude. It's blood money. I'm working every day. And uh, I'm just looking to actually have more freedom for myself so then I can spend more time with my parents because life is short, dude. And I want to take care of them. I want to retire them, right? And um, I go and he goes, okay, well, what's the figure? I told him, I just threw a number out there, $10,000. If I can make $10,000 online, dude, this will completely change my life. Mm -hmm. And the guy goes and says, that's it? What do you mean that's it, bro? $10,000 is a lot of money for, for a lot of people. For, for me, it was a lot of money, dude. I had to work almost every single day to make 12K a month, bro. So you're telling me $10,000 now? He's like, yeah. So what do you want to teach people online? I was like, well, I only know two things. I can teach people how to be a really good cop or ATMs, automated teller machines. He's like, mm, at this time, the whole BLM thing was happening, bro. And uh, people hated the police and all that. So he's like, I would suggest, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would suggest <laughs> that you do um, ATMs, ATMs bro, because I don't think anybody's going to buy trying to be, be a cop right now. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I remember that time during 2020. It's like, that, that's got to be a tough time to be a cop. I mean, oh. little kids were flipping off cops at the time, right? Oh, dude, it was bad. Yeah. I, I remember there was uh, two parents showed up to the police station and I was walking out, dude. I was leaving and I was still in uniform. And as I walk out, they're like, excuse me, officer. Can you talk to our four-year-old? I was like, sure. So I go up to the front. What's up, kid? What's going on? The kid straight up flips me off. He's like, fuck the police. And I'm mm. like, oh, shit. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to this four-year-old, dude. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Right. You can't cop back at a four-year-old. But, dude, that's, that's essentially what we were, the environment we were living in. And to me, like, dude, I always give people grace, dude. The way that I went into law enforcement was like, it's a cu customer service based job. It is. We were getting paid a lot of money to provide customer service, essentially why we were called public servants. 
hey, dude, I'm here to help you. How can I help you? Right. And that's it. I never took things seriously. I was always neutral. And I guess that, that's why, like, I got along with almost everybody, dude. Like, it didn't matter if you just committed the most heinous crime. I would still show you respect, but I'm still going to do my job. And people respect that, you know? So, um, yeah, man, went through the toughest time uh, with my parents going down like that and uh, read the book. So, essentially, I told myself, I'm going to invest $10,000 into something I know nothing about. But, hey, dude, fuck it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right? If I don't make this money back, it's on me. Mm-hmm. Self-accountability, Right. And I invested the $10,000. And what were, you, what were you supposed to get in exchange for the ten grand? So for the ten grand, it was an online course, which is essentially shows you the foundations of building a digital marketing program. Mm-hmm. Community as well? Are Commu- you going to also be plugged in with all the other members? Yes. Okay. So this group is- Group calls? Group calls as well. Okay. Yes. So uh, the course- Because to me, that's the value of these, these groups is like the accountability, right? Because you could teach someone all the strategy- or let's say I want to learn something new. I, I can go get all the, I can get, get all the stuff online, YouTube, this like podcasts like this. Yes. Online, maybe even social media, but without the accountability of the, the group and like the structure and all the ideas and like, that's what gives you the confidence to move forward. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. For me, for me, that's the value. No. And, and you hit it right on point, man, because now as a marketer, right, I see it from that perspective in the very beginning, my humble beginnings of me starting this first program, I didn't see it that way. I was just looking like, how fast can I get my ROI back? And for, as you develop an entrepreneurship, I see it's more of value-based. This is where perception comes into play when people go ahead and offer, let's say their program, their offer, their services, or whatever you're trying to sell, right? Essentially, it's like the biggest difference is why Ferrari can charge, let's say, half a million dollars compared to a Lamborghini, which Lamborghinis around the same price point, but at the end of the day, somebody's charging more than the other. And why are people paying that much for that specific brand? Because it comes back to the name. Mm-hmm. It comes back to who the person is. For sure. And essentially, in the online marketing space, and even if you look at commercials like uh, this past Super Bowl, Kanye West dropped about what, like seven, eight mil for a 30 second commercial. I saw that. Dude, he made like 21, 23 million dollars like off of a freaking selfie. Yeah. Zero production cost, yeah. bro, which is insane. Yeah. And it goes back to my mentality of simplicity equals success. Mm. It, it really is, man. Because if you drop major value, like the value we're dropping right now, like, hey, we're just keeping it real. We're resonating with our audience. There's going to be a ton of people that are like, dude, that podcast kicks ass because right. it's so real. And right. that's what people are buying now in 2024 is real. I would say probably around the time where I joined and was trying to learn about digital marketing, I was seeing a lot more of like, hey guys, I'm, uh, you know, sitting here with my Ferrari or I'm sitting here with my Lambo and having the Lambo, having the Roly, um, the luxury items, you know, in your ads or in your advertising really worked, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what people wanted. Yeah. But essentially now in 2024, it's transforming more into what actually works. Who's the personal brand? Who's the person promoting it? Mm. And you got to provide value now. I mean, it's, it's a lot more congested, I think. Oh, yeah. But you got to, I think it comes down to providing value. And so, you know, like you said, yeah, some of the stuff works. But um, I think the ones that provide a ton of value, like a, a name that comes to, to mind, Alex Ramosi, the dude started putting out content two years ago. And because he provides so much value, uh, and his content's amazing, by the way, like everything that comes out of his mouth is like, is fire. Um, but look at how fast he's growing. Oh, and yeah. He doesn't sell anything. You know yeah. what I mean? He's in it for the long game. And, you know, um, me and my, like my executives, we always have these conversations. We always look at everybody. We always do market research. I mean, majority of us, we used to be first responders. So that's what we did for a living, right? Investigate other people. And um, when we look into what other people are doing, like, let's say Alex Ramazzi, for example, he's in it for the longevity. He's looking into getting equity uh, with other companies, not just selling a program or a course or the upfront, you know, items that a lot of marketers are doing nowadays. And what's happening right now is you'll see a lot of marketers phase out. After about a year or two, they don't last. Or they end up jumping ship and doing another niche or industry just to make a quick buck. I'm in it for the long game. I see where personal brand is actually very important for the future. Um, I see that, you know, you providing major value instead of asking people to pay, you know, a certain amount for your program or your information up front is the thing of a pass. And now, I mean, you're going to truly see who, who are the people that, you know, are 
essentially adding value to the market and then going ahead and like lasting, right? Yeah, yeah. Your biggest partner in a real estate deal is always your lender. For me, I prefer using someone I know, like, and trust, whether you're looking for commercial loans, residential loans, bridge loans, DSCR loans, no debt to income ratio, no tax returns. My guy, Chris Groves, has got you. As seen on episode 77 and episode 142, Chris is a good friend of mine and is doing a special offer for podcast listeners, $2,500 off of your closing costs and or appraisal fees. Visit grovescapital.com slash richdummers to book a free call. Again, it's grovescapital.com dot com slash rich summers the book a free call now back to the show so this this 10k man so this was a good roi it was something that completely changed my life yeah i'm gonna tell you that rich it completely changed my life man because april 2020 is when i invested in it um i started off with facebook and uh i know i'm aging myself man but i did not know how to maneuver ig i didn't know how to do twitter at the time i didn't know how to do anything on social media i wasn't on social media for eight years uh, bring, uh, reminds me of a funny story during that time I had broken up with my ex. I was going on dates mm. and I remember, uh, one of the dates that I had, she was like, Hey, do you have an Instagram? And I was just like, no, she's like, are you a serial killer? Oh. <laughs> I know. And then that's really like, we laugh at it, but it's like, that's how it is these days. Dude, it's insane. If, if, if someone's like, dude, if you're not on Instagram, people are like, what? is this person real? Yeah. Why are you not on Instagram? Are you, are you a scammer? You know what I mean? Exactly. Or, yeah. or, you know, they think they're like, like what are you hiding? hiding? Yeah. yeah. Are you hiding a wife? Are you hiding like a family? Are you yeah. hiding this? Are you that? married? Yeah. You know, exactly. you don't want your wife to see this. And, and that's what it is, man. And I even tell people to this day, man, like I keep a business like, Social media, it's great. I think it's great great for business. And essentially, if you're a business, you need to be on social media. It's good for everything, dude. Oh, yeah. but Everything. Like things that you don't even think of. Of course. But as far as personal, man, oh, dude, I, I cannot jump on it personally. And the reason why is because how many times have we jumped on, let's say, Instagram or TikTok? And now, an hour later. Oh, yeah, yeah. As a consumer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight up as a consumer, man. As a content creator, yeah, all day. Oh, yeah. Um, I do like, and I agree with you. Now, I do like keeping up with, like, my closest friends and family and kind of seeing what they're up to, you know? Like, for example, like, my, my nieces um, got engaged recently. Like, I, I like seeing those kind of photos, you know? That that makes me happy. Um, but I think if you're just, like, scrolling, like, just, you know, uh, worthless content over and over for hours, like, yeah, that's at a certain point, it's like, I can only do that for so long, you know? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely, man. But um, no, so yeah, so ten thousand dollars, April twenty twenty, by November of twenty twenty, so a few months ahead, uh, three thousand dollars. My first month, I put out an informational course regarding ATMs. That's it. Um, what I provided in my program was essentially just actual lessons, and then uh, access to a membership Facebook group, and then I would do coaching calls, one coaching call a week. Um, group and- or one on one group okay yeah because that way you can stack them exactly and then also you can scale faster as well yeah but also um to be honest i had limiting beliefs why why do i say that because i was only offering it for 997 at the time less than a thousand bucks for how long um to be honest i said lifetime yeah dude i didn't know man like you know like i'm humble beginnings man like 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 i had said like i had no experience in digital marketing i bought a course because I really resonate with the story. And that shows you like, you know, somebody's story is powerful. You know, I just did a, um, a conference, a keynote speech in Portugal for a, um, a consultant. He's a European consultant uh, named Bastian Slot, And uh, he was actually one of my first mentors that showed me, you know, digital marketing. And he helped me like actually employ a couple of my consultants, uh, appointment setters, CSMs, client success managers. And um Went to go do the speech and, you know, what, what I named the actual speech was your million dollar story. Because if you're able to articulate and actually resonate with your audience, dude, I believe that anyone can generate a million dollars fairly fast. And realistically, it's not about the product because here's the thing. How many people have ATM programs out there right now? There's quite a few. Thousands. Thousands, man. How many people have real estate programs? Thousands. Thousands. How many people have Forex? How many people have Airbnb? How many people have whatever product? And now, what separates the ones that are, are actually crushing it mm-hmm. in, in the saturated you know, uh, arena out there versus the ones that are uh, mediocre with the rest? The story. Mm. The story's big. Think about this. How many of the big influencers, because essentially 
marketers, as marketers, especially in the online space, when we're sharing our personal lives, I truly believe we are influencers. And I, 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 I to, to be honest, back when I was in law enforcement, I didn't like that word. I was just like- Influencer? Yeah. I just did not like that word. I, I had the limiting beliefs. What did it mean to you? To me, I was just like, oh, these guys are just dancing. Mm. These, these guys are just dancing. Entertainers. They're, 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 they're doing some bullshit, yeah. uh, scams online or whatever. But you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And essentially, until I got into the industry, until I got into the field and saw how it actually works as a business, that's mm -hmm. when I grew and finally was able to grow as a person. Yeah. But what separates the people that are hitting it big, the people that are, you just see them crushing it all, is that they are telling their story. They are resonating with their audience. You know, how many times, if you guys ever follow me, like on Instagram, Paul Alex, um, if you look at any of my stories, I talk about my family. I talk about my past relationships. I talk about the police. I talk about things that actually matter. I just don't talk about the ROI on ATMs. I just don't talk about like, well, this is how much money I have. People don't give a shit about that. You know, I still talk about the times where when I first started my business or the struggles I was going through, because that's where your client is starting they're mm. not starting where we're at right now. Right. No, dude, it took us a long time to get here. Yeah. So essentially, I meet them at exactly where they're at in the very beginning. And they're like, dude, I love this because it resonates with me so much and I want to do business with you. And essentially, that's what's really grown all three of my programs online that I've done in the past three years is the fact that people are already nurtured. Nurturing your client is one of the biggest needle movers that you can do as a marketer or as a business owner right now, what value are you providing to them? What free resources? And if you're not doing that, you need to do that because it's as simple as even writing a free ebook, man. Mm -hmm. I wrote a free ebook that I know a lot of people out there, they charge 10, 20 bucks for an ebook. Mm -hmm. Dude, I write Make it, it free. all there. Lead magnet right there. Huge lead magnet. Yeah. Yeah. And what, but what do I do? What do I ask in return? As we know, data is, is, where you can make a lot of money at. So if the more emails, the more, uh, let's say, phone numbers you collect, that's the exchange for the free ebook. And then what can we do with that? We can retarget them. We can put it on email list, you know, text message list. We can target them through social media, retargeting ads. It's great information, man. And these are warm leads because they're already gravitating to your stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the number one question we always ask whenever we talk to anybody on a consultation regarding any of our programs is, how long have you been in our network? Mm. And that question is key because if they say, well, I haven't found out about you until like earlier today, mm, we're going to like back off and not be like, hey, so are you ready to invest? Right, right, we're going right. to be like, you know what? Let me give you some more free resources so you can get more in tune with what we're what about. We do. Yeah. And then we'll follow up with you. Yeah. And they're like, sweet. Yeah. And that's why like our clients, they love enrolling with us because I believe the onboarding process is key, especially in the online space, man. If you could crush it in the onboarding process, dude, you'll have a longevity. Give business. an example. So a great example of this. This is, is after someone buys and then yes, the onboarding. Okay. Give correct. an example. So after someone buys, you have to make sure that you actually celebrate their win. So what we do across the board with all our programs, as soon as somebody buys, we actually um, connect them on Slack. Slack is basically like a communication channel or one of our other programs, we create like a Facebook group chat. And in that specific group chat with our client, we're treating them like they're a teammate. So as soon as they enter, everybody's like, welcome to the team. They're like so excited. You know, they're doing the gifts and the emojis and yeah. they're just pumped. And they're like, okay, so here's your first hard deadline. And we, lo we love to use this because success loves speed. Yeah. So what I've learned from like great marketers like Russell Brunson, Jeremy Miner, all these guys, right, is that faster you're able to get your client the first win, guess what? They're going to go ahead and promote you. Mm. The referrals are going to start coming in. So that's what we started implementing. We started implementing the fact that, hey, if we get them their first win right away within 30 days, then we're good to go. Mm. So onboarding process goes, we celebrate them. We give them the first hard deadline to do the first thing that they need to finish within the program. And then we just accountability. And that's it. It's as simple as that. But the onboarding process is key when it comes to having a successful program because it's going to set the tone for the rest of the program. In the past, when I first started doing uh, programs, I learned that about 70% of people that enroll into any program across the board don't finish the program, let alone even log into the program. 
So I wanted to be like the change behind that. I actually wanted to like make people successful. This is why like if you ever look at any of my platforms, any of my social media, let's say a pages, you'll see I'm not promoting myself, man. Yeah. I'm promoting the clients. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. Um, you know, I, I think I agree with you. And I, and I think one of the, in, in terms of like a profit margin and what's one of the most lucrative business models that you can start in today's age, given that this era that we live in today with, with digital marketing and social media and podcasts like this, you know, and the ability to go on and build your personal brand mm-hmm. is, is to start an online education maybe a mastermind, whatever it is, in whatever field it is. It can be in photography, it could be in food, it could be in um, real estate. But I mean, you're looking at 80%, 90% profit margins often and um, very scalable. Mm-hmm. And the the bigger you build your brand, the more folks you can get in, the higher, the higher ticket you can charge. And so, I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, when you think back at what you used to do and what I used to do, that you would go work, you know, an entire year with overtime. I mean, we were working six-day work weeks at the air traffic job. And, you know, overtime grinding nights, weekends, holidays, missing events and, you know, to, to make two, 220. But then after taxes, if you live in the state of California, you may be taking home 120. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, get in this space and building personal brands and all the stuff that we do. It's like, you know, you can make that in one hour. Oh, yeah. You know, and so it puts it into perspective. You know, it really does. It does. And, you know, one thing that I now harp in with every single mentee, even all across all my platforms, self-education. Hmm. It's key, man. Yeah, it's everything. It's everything. And, and what you put in your head in terms of knowledge and wisdom, that can never be taken away from you. It you can't. Know? And here's a great social proof that I always like to talk about. So when I originally built my first digital company, uh-huh. starting in January 2021, I've met a couple of great entrepreneurs. There were nine-figure entrepreneurs that were in merchant services, which is credit card terminals. And they're actually based out of Los Angeles. These guys, they generated something crazy, man, in the past 15 years. So I think like $170 million. And I was just like, wow, you guys are like ultra successful. What do you want to do with me? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, hey, man, we love how you basically built such a personal brand around ATMs online. And people talk about you quite a bit at the ATM conferences. Yeah. That's where they were at. Yeah. They were at an ATM conference with an associate of mine. Mm. And they asked, they're like, hey, who's this guy, Paul? And they're like, oh, yeah, dude, I work with him. He created this great online uh, program called atmtogether.com. Can we meet him? So we ended up meeting at, uh, I believe it was like Javier's. Okay, love Javier's. Oh, dude, it was was legit. Love Javier's. And uh, they basically pitched me. And they were like, Paul, would you ever consider going ahead and actually um, doing a program around merchant services? And I was like, merchant services, huh? And I was just like, what makes you guys different than anyone else? Because essentially that's the first question we always get asked from prospects or the general public. And what they told me, they're like, look, everybody has credit card terminals. Everybody is paying credit card processing fees. If you're a business, you're paying credit card processing fees. But here's what makes us different. A few years ago, there was a specific program with merchant services called the cash discount program. And especially with this cash discount program, what business owners are able to do, you're able to wipe 100% of their fees And now you put the fee onto their clients and you give the client the option. You can give the client the option whether they pay with cash, then they don't have to pay the credit card processing fees. If they do decide to pay with a credit card, then they pay their own credit card processing fees. And the way you're able to come, um, I guess you can fight the objection of, hey, why am I getting charged an extra fee? Yeah. Is you can always raise your pricing and then give them a discount if they use cash, which is why they, they labeled it the cash discount program. And I was just like, that's a, that's a great idea. And they're like, it's a big blue ocean, man. Less than 5% of all businesses across the United States are using this. But here's the thing. I was like, why aren't the big banks doing this? Because we're, we're, we're little guys. Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo. Why aren't they showing this program to their clients? Well, here's the thing. You're the big dog. Would you really go ahead and offer your client a cheaper method where you're going to make less money when you're already making a lot of money off of them. You're making five hundred thousands of dollars a month in credit card processing fees. No, you wouldn't. And then also, you're going to piss off a lot of people because they're going to say like, "What you've been charging me? You know, tens right. of thousands of dollars a year." Yeah, but for a, a high ticket item. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's how you frame it, you know. Ex- so I, exactly, I, I get it. Exactly, I get it. But but here's the thing. Also, majority of these business owners, when they start a business, 
they're going directly to the website, man. They're going directly to Chase and they're just signing up for an account. So they don't even have, a, let's say, a consultant. They don't have the advisor saying like, hey, these are your options. And this is where we come into play. We're actually, we're smaller guys. We're just starting out. Launched a program called Merchant Automation in February of 2023. The first 10 months, we were able to generate $4.5 million in revenue. Oof. Not only that, but we also helped around 330 clients get started in this business, which each one of our clients on average is making $300 to $1,000 off credit card terminals. And when you think about the concept, you know, I think about humble beginnings when I was in law enforcement and the critical incidents that happened with my parents. Essentially, my mindset shifted to like, okay, how can I make money without actually being there? And I think simple businesses is awesome because you're able to actually help the mm-hmm. average everyday American, dude. Yeah, totally. That doesn't understand business. Like I didn't understand business growing up, dude. My parents, they came from Peru and Mexico, you know, and they just showed me how to work hard. They didn't show me like, hey, invest your money here, do this. They're just like, hey, you're going to go to work at age 15 and a half, which I did, you know? And that's all I've been doing my entire life is working hard, lived three lives, and essentially now been a full-time entrepreneur for the past almost four years now. But it's allowed me to be financially free. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what financial freedom was in the past, bro. I didn't know either. I was never introduced to it. I was, I was taught from a young age to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a job. You know, as a busy real estate investor or entrepreneur, time is money and first impression is everything. Every day to make it easy on myself, I wear built basics clothing. Whether you're a girl or guy looking for workout gear, joggers, shirts, button downs, hats, or shoes, built's got you covered. Super comfortable, tighten all the right places to make you look fresh and clean all the time. Visit builtbasics.com and use promo code SUMMERS20 to receive 20% off of your order. Again, that's builtbasics.com. That's B Y L T basics.com. Use promo code SUMMERS20 to receive 20% off of your order. Now back to the show. Dude, I want, I want to switch gears here. Um, so I follow you on Instagram and, uh, you know, you got, you got quite an audience that you built in, in a relatively short amount of time. Um, as a content creator, or maybe, you know, some of the folks listening to the podcast right now that are trying yes. to build their audiences, they want to start putting out content. What are some of the keys that have worked for you to, to grow quickly? Yes. So depending on what platform you're at. Yeah. Um, Instagram, for example, Mm -hmm. I didn't start with Instagram till about 2022. We were able to grow it based on Instagram shout outs. So basically the the concept and the strategy behind Instagram shout outs is you ever seen those, um, let's say millionaire mentor page where they have millions of followers because they write motivational posts or whatnot. Well, essentially, you could pay them a fee on a monthly basis. You can actually get a discounted rate if you buy uh, a bulk package. And then you could take your best piece of content, whether it's a reel, whether it's a post. Mm -hmm. What really works really well is adding value on Twitter and then going ahead and just cut and pasting that and posting it to your IG. People love to read that. Yeah. And we will put that on those theme pages. So what ends up happening is your content goes on the theme page for about 24 hours. Now their audience goes and organically follows you because there's a call to action in the thread saying like, hey, if you want to learn more about Paul Alex or you want to learn more about ATMs, credit card terminals, or even digital consulting, then go ahead and follow this page. Yeah. So it's organic uh, followers because, you know, uh, they have the other shout out pages that it's like, you know, someone in some random industry that has a big audience is like doing shout outs to go get followers. Hey, like go follow this person and this person, this person, and then I'll do a free giveaway. But it's like, those people are following you for the wrong reasons and they're not going to engage with your content because they might not be into ATMs. Right. Yes, correct. But in this, in this example, these are organic followers that are going to follow you because they're into the ATMs. Yes. Or and they're it, into the real estate investing or they're into the cooking guide. Rich. And you hit it on point, bro, because you got to think about it like this as a marketer, you have to think of conversions. I'd rather have a hundred followers that are diehard ATM yes. followers instead yeah. of 10,000 followers that are following me because, uh, they're in a, uh, you know, like a contest, Yeah, you know, and they're like, Hey, just follow Paul. Or maybe they're a bunch of bots, you know, there's people with fake followers out there. Exactly. And I agree with you because, you know, I, I, and I see this all the time. It's like, you know, folks out there with all these fake followers that are bots or whatever, they could put out the best piece of content. And the the algorithm is going to think it's crap because all those followers are not going to engage. And so it's never going to go anywhere. But in, in your example, you have 100,000 loyal followers that engage and they're like true fans, put out a good, a decent piece of content and it could go because all everyone engages and the algorithm thinks, wow, 
this is a great piece of content, has good watch time. We're going to continue to push it to new audiences. And that's how you continue to grow. Oh, dude, it's it's huge. It's It's gone to the point on Instagram, right? So if you take my example, I started in 2022. Uh, within four months, we were able to grow it to about 80,000 organic followers. But something happened in, I guess, Instagram where that profile got taken down. Mm. And we were like, oh, snap. Like, what are we going to do, right? Yeah. And luckily, I had other client acquisition channels like Facebook, my email list and all that. But um, what we did is we created two pages. So I created Paul Alex and then I created the Paul Alex. And because I have multiple offers online, I promote each one of the offers on the separate pages. Now, pros and cons to this, right? This means that I can't go and blue check one profile because what ends up happening is Instagram will take down the second profile. Right. So a lot of people are like, hey, how come you don't have a blue check? Oh, yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't, dude. I don't. And I'm okay with that. You know, who, who made the rules that like we have to have blue checks? No, yeah. And I get it. You know, it's more for authority and all that yeah. jazz. Speaking of that, yeah. I, I got my blue check like six weeks before they made it like a subscription thing. And I, I bet was, you people were still hating, dude. I was so pissed. Yeah. People, yeah. people were probably like, oh, Rich, you paid for that <laughs> shit. You're like, dude, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, fuck, man. But uh, no, anyways, all right, keep I, going. I didn't know it was a big thing, man. You know, it wasn't until, you know, I started getting into like a PR, purchasing PR media and all that. And they were like, hey, man. So you pay us like 20, 30 G's, we'll get you your blue check mark. I was just like, what's the importance of the blue check mark? They're like, authority. And I was like, I get that, bro. But like, if I feel like if you provide enough value to your audience, like you build your own authority. And then we're very old school, bro. You know, like we're around the same age. So I, I think you're going to resonate with this where like we always tell people like, hey, number one, we will never sell you in DMs. We would never just message you and tell you to like, send us money. You're going to jump on a call with a real person. And sometimes it's going to be me. Like, I, I still go back to humble beginnings. Dude, I tell people this all the time. I'll roll up my sleeves. Like, yeah, I'm dressed in freaking little coat here. But, dude, I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves and I will go into the trenches with my guys. Mm. You know, I'll still jump on sales calls. And people get like, they're like, bro, like, how, how are you able to do that? I was yeah. like, dude, I'm on a plane right now to like Africa. But, <laughs> hey, dude, I'm, I'm here. Like, yeah, you got hustle. You know, like half asleep. I love it. But that's just the way it is, dude. Like, I still want to stay in tune with my team. Yeah. And I think that builds culture as well. But to uh, answer your, the rest of your question, uh, if you're on IG, that's the best method. That's also the fastest method. You also need to make sure that your offer is vetted. And how do you vet your offer? Because I think that's the biggest needle mover when it comes to uh, creating content, to creating an offer, to becoming a marketer, is being able to actually properly articulate your offer. You can have a phenomenal offer, but if you don't know how to actually express it to your audience, guess what? It's not going to move, man. And then you're going to think it's me. You're going to be like, dude, do I just suck? No, it's not that you don't suck. You just have a messaging problem. Majority of times when people don't buy, it's typically because of trust. It really is, man. Because just like we were saying before, people buy you, man. Mm -hmm. They don't buy your product. For sure. There's so many different products out there in the same niche. I mean, you almost feel like, damn, how many people are like in my niche? Like, should I just be doing something else? Yeah. No, just be the best at it, yeah. you know? And with ATMs, dude, like I always tell people this, it's literally like the... the Plumber, plumber of digital marketing. <laughs> I feel like with ATMs because I always seen marketers like, hey, become a millionaire, you know, uh, digital nomad. And me, I'm like, hey, make 200 bucks off mm -hmm. of an ATM. But people really resonated with that, man. Yeah. And I just kept it real. I was just like, dude, it made me financially free. And financially free was six grand for me. Mm. I was able to make 12 to 15,000 a month off my ATMs, off 30 ATMs here in California. But dude, I stopped working an additional 40 to 60 hours as a cop during that time. Yeah. Think about that. How powerful. It's a, it's a pain point for a lot of people. I mean, if you can say, hey, like what, what's what's your number that you need monthly to cover all your living expenses and, and be financially free? And, you know, people think about that number and, and often it's not that crazy of a number. It's not. You know, and it's a pain point. And, and then you have this program say, hey, I'll help you for this price. People will pay for that. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. So like, you know, at first you were selling your own stuff. I'm, sh I'm sure you were doing all the sales calls. Um, but now... Uh, I'm sure you have a sales team, right? And so who, what was that process like when you hired that first salesperson and how did the experience go? Oh man, so humble beginnings. You know, I like to be very transparent when it comes to this. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't, bro. And um, I was a solopreneur up until uh, we were generating about 150K. So that was probably like around April, April of 2021 with the first program. And then I had to hire, you know, an appointment setter. I had to hire uh, more staff. And essentially the same friend that told me to leave the police when he was just promoted uh, freshly a sergeant police, 
I actually came back to him and I was just like, hey, bro, you want to come work for me? Like, number one, you can move to sunny San Diego because I had like a, a, a three bedroom penthouse. And I was like, you move to a room. I won't charge you rent, dude. I just want to mentor you. And then second, like, here's my vision to where I see this going. Yeah. And I think it's powerful when you're building a team because it mm. takes a tribe to build a successful company. It does. Yeah. You have to be a visionary. You have to lead by example. You have to set the tone. And all those qualities I learned in law enforcement, bro. Like, especially when I became a detective, I was very introverted before I became a cop. Yeah. When I became a cop, I just like flourished because I had to, you know, you had to have command presence. That's a, otherwise people walk all over you. And that's how cops get killed. Right. So I took all that experience, all that knowledge. And every time that we hire anyone, now we have about 60 employees across the board. But when we hire every single individual, I'm the last person to interview them. And my interview questions, they're not nothing crazy. I just tell somebody, hey, tell me a story. That's it. Because I want to see how they're able to talk. Communication is key now in 2024, bro, across the board. Right. Especially in the online space. Oh, totally. Dude, if we want to expand international, right? Like everybody does, but you're going to have to properly communicate with people. You're going to have to have charisma. You're going to have to be able to build foundation. And I think that's super important nowadays. So with building my actual company and my employees, it's more culture fit. We could train anybody, dude. And now at the age of like 21, 22, I wish I had the opportunity to make 15, $40,000 a month, dude. I remember my first consultant, he came from Australia. He was originally born in Vietnam, okay? And when he came, little humble kid, he came to San Diego. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to mentor you. You're going to stay here. So I remember it was me, my current COO. Now he's, he's my co-founder for the second company and my first consultant. And it was just the three of us. And we were just having fun, dude, building a business. And it was fucking legit, dude. And then like after we're like, hey, we'll go to like Crack Shack to celebrate with yeah. some sandwiches, yeah, bro. Yeah. You know, or we'll, go, we'll go to the bar after to yeah. celebrate like the wins and yeah. like, the new milestone of what we're hitting. And that's what it was about, dude. It was the fulfillment of the journey, bro. Because just like I told you, like you get to a certain point where you make enough and you get that first exotic, you get that first watch or whatever. But then after a few months, bro, it doesn't fulfill you anymore. So you got to find a deeper why to what you want to do. And I think that's what I share. That's, that's like my superpower that I share that vision with a lot of people. And that's why people resonate with me so much, but especially my company and my employees, my employees, dude, they pour their hearts and soul into my business. And I'm always thankful for that. Yeah. But they say the reason why is because you treat us well. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I appreciate that, dude. This is the first time I'm doing this, but yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. But yeah, dude, culture is everything. It I, is. I believe having optimistic personality, having a winning mindset will really set you apart from so many people. And then also the longevity of it. You want to be sure that you work for someone that you can see yourself working with for five, 10 years. Like, dude, like old school America, you know, when, when people would go into jobs, they would stay there for 20, 30 years, bro. Nowadays, people flip-flop jobs like crazy. Totally. I I'm know. like, bro, come on. I know. It's you know? crazy. Um, and, and I think part of that reason is like, you know, with uh, internet, technology, social media, it's like there's a lot more options. And you know, even dating world, it's like you get all these dating apps. People don't stick around with the same partner as long as they used to, right? That, like was, as soon as things go south, it's like, oh, I got all these other options lined up. And so you don't see that same level of um, loyal that, that you do with like, you know, our parents' generation, for example. You know what I mean? Dude, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I was going to compare it to, you know, the, the dating apps. You know, the reason why. Yeah, girls sliding in the DMs and like there's so many options out there today. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like all that, I believe now, especially at this age, dude, because in my 20s, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I't going to front. I mean, all my exes knows I was, I was, you know, at the clubs, I was a little playboy or whatever. But now in my 30s, dude, it's just like I've developed like so differently as not only an adult, a man, but also an entrepreneur that all that, it just will block you from what you really want in life, dude. And what will truly make you happy, you know, because even when I was in law enforcement, a lot of my coworkers, they were like battling the shit that they would see at work by going out there and getting drunk, dude, like on the days off. Because the adrenaline rush of a first responders, like, especially in a city like Oakland. And then when you have a day off, now it's like, okay, cool. I'm chilling. But I, I sort of need that rush. So what do I do? Hey, dude, let's go have some drinks. 
It's not like you're going to have one or two drinks, bro. No, you're going to be talking about your war stories and all this. And dude, people are getting hammered. And then that's when you get in trouble. And that's the reality of the game, you know? But you got to you gotta really see what makes you happy, man. And all this. What, what makes you happy? Dude, helping others. Helping others. Being able to go and see my family whenever I want. My mom, she, I just talked to her right before this podcast. She's like, Nijo, she's like, uh, I think I'm going to go to Miami. Uh, can you go buy my ticket, you know, for next week? Sure, mom. You want first class or you want just regular? Because sometimes she says she doesn't like first class. I don't know why. Yeah. She doesn't like first it. class. You gotta buy it for I, her. I just got to get, get it for get her and awesome. not even ask her, bro. But, yeah. you know, I just do it. And then she's like, why you spend so much money? Yeah. You know, and um, just the little things, bro. It's not even like that, like of saying like, hey, I'm going to go buy her, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollar car. No, it's the little things, bro. Being able to go see my family whenever I want. Being able to take care of little things. If, you know, my girlfriend, she she wants something. It's just me going and saying like, yeah, babe, go ahead. Here's my car. Like, and I even think about it, you know, but that's me. You know, everybody has different perspectives, but that's what makes me happy is actually seeing other people happy, bro. Mm, because, that's so good. Because to me, just like you. It's just like, I guess, I don't know if it's, I have ADD or, or, or I get bored easily, bro. But I'm always like, all right, what can we do to make this happen even more? Yeah. More, 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 you know? Money uh, like speed. Dude, the next three months, um, we've been busy since the beginning of the year. We're, we're going across, uh, across our milestone of 30 million uh, since we've started digital marketing. And that's a blessing. But we're, we're thinking like, okay, how can we get to the nine figures? That's the next road for us, man. And, and that's what we're looking at. And that's what we share with our employees, culture, right? And that's how we're able to employ new people because new, like, I feel like employees or people that essentially are looking out to, re to work with certain individuals, they're looking for a bigger picture. They want to be part of something special. And that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to do something special with, especially the new programs we're rolling out for the average everyday American, just like myself, just like you, just like people were listening to this, watching this, man, and giving them the opportunity to go ahead and be financially free. Dude, I love that, man. That's powerful stuff right there. Paul, I appreciate you coming on the show, my man. How can listeners get in touch with you, brother? Yeah, brother. So uh, Instagram, Paul Alex, the Paul Alex, two, two different Instagrams, and then atmtogether.com. And then I have merchantautomation.com as well. There it is. He's Paul Alex. I'm Rich Summers. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.